Hello, I'm Maria Coulter and thank you for listening to episode three of The Construction Revolution. If you listened last week to my interview with Kevin Murray, you'll have heard me reference in a purpose statement that one of my clients has, and that is, we take your dreams and stamp them on the land for everyone to see. The company I was referring to is the best little building company, and today I'm talking to their MD, Jamie Ward. Jamie went through one of my coaching programmes to grow his business and improve profitability. And in this episode, we're talking about the importance of values. According to Kevin Murray, your values are how we do things around here. Values drive beliefs and beliefs drive behaviour. Let's find out more about values in action and the impact this has had on Jamie's business. Welcome, Jamie Ward, to the Construction Revolution. When I first met you last January, I remember when you got in contact with me and the first thing that struck me was the name of the company that I really liked. So tell me a bit about the company and about yourself and how you got sort of started on this journey, basically. Sure. Okay. Um, So hi everyone. Um, I'm Jamie Ward. I run Best Little Building Company. Um, We are a small uh, bespoke high-end building company. So we mainly work on uh, residential one-off private uh, projects uh, and that, that can be anything from a reasonable size extension and renovation of an existing house up to um, sort of quite high-end new builds. Um, I originally started my in uh, carpentry as a, an apprentice in London and did that for several years and then moved up to sort of around Peterborough area about six years ago um, and I, I set the company up um, primarily because I was too young and no one would take me on as a project manager. Um, so I thought they were kind of expected someone to walk through the door and be a lot older. Um, and uh, I didn't really get much, a, much of a look in. So I set it up. Um, I didn't want to be JW Construction. Um, I, I thought all of the other names um, would be I went through a big list um, and settled on Best Little Building Company. Reason being, I thought I wanted something that's going to be confident and strong without being uh, without being too showboaty. So I added little because I thought if I was just the best building company, everyone and, <laughs> and, I, and obviously starting out a new company, I thought I can't say that yet. So hence the name. Um, it makes marketing a little bit easier, and people do remember it. I mean, we do get called best little builder or um, the little building company, but and then people do ask actually if we build full size houses, but. Um, <laughs> It's a bit like, have you seen Spinal Tap? When they have the miniature version of Stonehenge that yeah. kind of comes down from the ceiling. Sorry, you want a real live side? Yeah, real live house? Yeah, yeah. no, we can, we can definitely do that. Um, so yeah, it was, and it, it, the name kind of came with a lot of the horse behind it, which is trying to create something which is a bit more of a brand and um, uh, a bit more, I didn't want it just to be a boring old building company. And, and we're not, the work we do represents that. And I think... Um, and everyone that we have in the team is a little bit sort of, they're not your hairy ass builders generally. We do have them. Um, we need them. There's nothing wrong with a hairy ass builder, by the way. <laughs> one, of our, one, of our, one, of, one of our head guys is a, is a particularly hairy ass builder, but he's, uh, yeah, we're bringing him around. But it's, that's the important part of it. It's kind of, you've got to look at the end, the end user, the end customer. Um, and so sort of, we have a bit of a target market and that kind of, that reflects the work that we like to do. So. Yeah. And how has it kind of grown and evolved? So how many years have you been going now? 
So we start. I moved up here in 2013, um, sort of June 2013. So we're it's kind of yeah, just gone past our sixth year, and it's grown. It's quite grown quite organically. And um, I think the thing about building is it's quite it's very easy to grow fast because essentially as soon as you've got a small reputation, you get you get a lot of inquiries. Um, and that, I think we, we went through it. We said, we, said the, we said yes to a lot of jobs, um, quite quickly took on more than we could manage in the early days and then got to the point where we were low on labour, low on management, couldn't commit to everything, making all the promises in the world and then just falling short because it, it, it's really hard um, to be able to control it and, and schedule everything. And because, I mean, it happens now. You kind of you make a plan the night before for your day on... Last night I sat down, sort of half past eight, to make my plan for the day, and already by quarter past seven I get a phone call saying our oh, delivery is not going to turn up on site. It's and your plan changes, so it's really we we have to be at a point where we can know we can manage the work and just have a like a little bit of room, a bit of extra fat every day and every job for all of the all of the things that go wrong because plenty of them do. Yeah, that's very true. So did you have like a you know like a why and a vision when you sort of started up the company uh yeah yeah definitely um it, it, it has changed it changes sort of a little bit over over time but i i knew i didn't want to just be a sort of a one-man band or or a smaller company what i wanted to be my main aim when i set out was to create a business which would sort of i think that's all, all, all the any entrepreneur's dream is to create a business which would kind of support you um and be kind of apart from you so you you could you could take a day off work and it would still run itself um and that was really that's been the main focus from the beginning is kind of have 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 enough infrastructure that if i if i was to not go to work for a week then everything would still happen i think that was that was primarily what i set out to do um and the next thing is you kind of when, when you realize that that is feasible then you kind of go right okay now what where how far how more how much more do i want to take it um do you want to get to a certain amount of turnover um do you want to get a profit margin do you want to build so many of these kind of uh, sort of one-off projects which and get a get a get a name for be, being the, the 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 company to go to for sort of the the flagship projects locally um and so those, those were kind of the next step um and so we looked at um, we looked at a turnover target for a year, then three years, then ten years. Obviously, we're um, we're away off that. But if you we, we've achieved our first year, and that was the first year working. So that was last year, I think, over a year and a half ago, we met um, and started out in the February, yeah, February eighteen. Um, and I think we we looked at our, our, our turnover target, which we we broke. Um, and then it's and then it's obviously getting a turnover to match your your profit because turnovers again that's the that's the vanity side as everyone says yeah <clears throat> so it it really yeah i think i think the, the driving force was having the um was having that vision um because once you've got that then you can plan it and you, you can't plan anything without uh without your focus so, that's <clears throat> true you've also got a fantastic office dog as well haven't you that's happening yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it tarka 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 the otter she, yes she's a sight dog she comes everywhere um she's been on site since she was small so she's quite used to dodging 
JCBs and, and ladders and all sorts of things. Yeah, so, I mean, we, um, we started working together last year. And, um, and I think one of the, the first things that we really kind of focused on was values. I know for me personally, when I um, was doing my coaching training and, you know, having coaching myself, mm. tapping into me about my values was a real sort of game changer for me because that kind of made a lot of sense. Um, and I remember us sort of doing the exercise to, to look at what your company values were. So can you tell me a bit more, you know, tell us a bit more about that? About those. So, um, yeah yeah so obviously we we set out with the values um as a way of uh, getting to the targets of how what we want to focus on towards the end of the year so i looked quite a lot at what was important to me and and not just me but our clients um and the team uh within within the vessel building company and thought well what do i want them to how do i want them to act how i want them to be around the customers uh, other other subcontractors and, and and what's important on site so we came up with the four core values which are kind of innate in what we do anyway um but it's something there's another way of making sure that we're we're doing that doing the job properly um the first one is uh, a tidy site is a happy site um that goes without saying i think it's quite a straightforward easy one um keeping keeping the cleanliness keeping it ma- making the site as, as tidy as possible at the end of each day um I just see that we walk on other people's sites and they, there's a mess everywhere. It just, it, I think it, it gives you, that's the first impression. Um, and, and those are often the most important because we, we do get visitors. Um, and I, I always say to prospective clients, come along and see the work that we're doing, come and have a look. And if, if people turn up in the sites in a state, then that's a, that's an alarm bell to them straight away. The, the second one, um, it was quite important and more for particularly nowadays with the, um, the level of using kind of the amount of waste that is produced within our industry, which is huge. I mean, the amount of skips that we fill up a year is, 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 is outrageous. Um, and so a lot of the thinking with this one is to try and reduce that and reduce our impact on, um, on the environment and on, uh, and, and on our, and on the services. So the next one is zero waste. Now that is a, that is a target that we all know that that's not achievable, but, it's a little thing that makes everyone on site think, well, rather than throwing that half piece of glass board in the skip or rather than getting rid of all these these bits that we're not using, how can we use them? Can we be a little bit more conscientious when ordering, make sure that we're not just going, right, I'm going to put an extra 10, 15, 20% wasted to this order because I can't be bothered to work it out. It slows everyone down, makes them think about what they're doing and also it saves, saves us money uh, and it's, just, it's, it's less harmful for environment so zero waste and that is pretty much all about integrity um so if we are um if we're having a conversation with the client or the client comes on site um and we are setting targets for the week and what we want to achieve or, or even they can do be doing to do with quality uh, and the way the stuff's installed um we, we'll i always think it's better to uh, under promise and over deliver so if we do what we say we'll do we are managing the customer's expectations and i think that is the first thing that we'll, we'll fall down on as a contractor that if you say you'll do something and you do something else that's the that's the, the pinch point for them to start getting a little bit dissatisfied with you your service and you as a company so the integrity and doing what you say you'll do is is, is highly important for us um, and the last one, the fourth one, is um, more for work ethic. Um, 
and I wanted a sort of a saying which everyone will repeat on site which gives them a bit of bit of motivation to get going and also to really keep an eye on the quality of their work because sometimes that even if you're a fantastically skilled tradesman over time everyone has a bad day so the fourth one is um work like everybody's watching um so working like everyone's watching will automatically makes you think right what have i got to do i don't want to be faffing around everyone's watching me here i need to make it good and i want to do it quickly um and that's quite a, it's quite a good quick catch word for uh for getting people motivated moving so those four um we had them we've had them on posters up around the sites and we've kind of been repeating them in toolbox talks and meetings and they're kind of they're a little bit ingrained within the team um but more so they've kind of moved on from that a bit now um they kind of we we also use them as a kind of a way to interview and bring new people into the team so if they sh- display three out of the four qualities already then we know that they're, they're going to be suitable um often it's difficult to try and change people's perceptions of work if they've been working for companies previously um and they haven't got quite the same outlook then you've got to try and bring them on board with it and it's it's got to be something that's simple so just to recap you've got um a tidy site is a happy site yeah. you've got zero waste yeah. you've got work like everyone's watching and you've got we do what we say we're going to do what sort of if you think about how your business was before you'd really got to grips and really started to look at your core values what was the diff what difference has it made getting that clarity on your values um i think the main difference it has made is it came back to looking at who was in the team uh, and who who i i saw as fit to represent the company the benefit of having those is it automatically weeds out the people that don't really care. They haven't really got the same work ethic. They're not really interested. They just want to turn up and the money go home. And it, the, the people that do the bare minimum. So I think by having these at that time, it weeded out the ones that didn't fit. Um, so automatically by bringing those in and after two or three months that has, that had booted out the people that already had my eye on that. I thought, I don't know if you're you're the right fit. You're on board because we need the lab need the labour to be able to carry the work, but we were better off. So it's almost a it was an automatic thing. Um and and, and, and sort of going forward from that, um, it's the way that we're finding people. So it, it basically it, it makes monitoring the staff a lot easier. I don't really have to. The guys have got these these characteristics and these values ingrained in them and they can kind of be left a lot more to get on with it. So that's freeing up my time to be able to do the more business side of it, which is growing the company, uh, procuring jobs, uh, working on the marketing, all that kind of thing. And the guys are kind of, they're given instructions and they, and they go. Um, that is probably the, the single biggest um, impact. Yeah. And I remember um, like, cause it's a great exercise. We did work through a lot of the principles from the traction book by Gino Wickman and I know that, you know, they talk about getting the right people on the bus, the right people in the right seats, get the wrong people off the bus and all of that. And there's a great sort of um, exercise that you can do where you basically, once you've identified what your core values are, you just, you map them out and then you, you put people's names in and say, right, okay, so, so do they fit? Do they get it? Do they get what we're about? You know, do they did they sort of share the, the key values and you can really kind of um, analyze your people based on, on those core values, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really important. Um, 
and yeah, you don't you don't want to be putting someone into a position which is, puts, makes them uncomfortable because they're not going to be able to do the job properly. Um, yeah. And likewise, uh, particularly more the more junior members of the team, you, you're not necessarily sure what they're going to sort of what they're going to take to first. So you do have to kind of test them a little bit. But when you've got, I'm generalising a bit, but when you've got um, more senior members of within the company, they normally have worked out what they what what they what they like to do as their role um i think it's important to push people a bit um but you don't want to put them in there out of their comfort zone because i've seen it before where people just have a meltdown because they can't actually get the job done and, and that's no that's a, that's a that's a risk to you as a business um so yeah in short it's kind of te- test the test the values um and see where they where they fit i think the, the bus analogy is spot on yeah Definitely. And thinking about, because there's a lot in this, in, I mean, I, I talk a lot about um, the race to the bottom, you yeah. know, in the construction industry um, and the fact that, you know, it, it's, it's up for a lot of the time, it's been about the lowest price that wins the work. Yeah. So how have you kind of, how are you getting the essence of what you're about across to your clients so that people are seeing the value that you add because there's, there's a lot more happening mm. around procuring for value rather than procuring because it's the lowest price so yeah. how are you sort of getting those messages across to people that it's important to look at the value rather than um what the bottom line cost is um it's a good question it's also not particularly a straightforward answer because there's not just the one um it's not just getting it's not just about getting the values across because at the end of the day everyone's still got a budget um we are not the cheapest building company by any means at all we're normally at the top or, or it, it, one of the most expensive um i say expensive the, the value that is there um but what we do uh, that other people don't do and i'm not sure i can't speak for other building companies but i say what we one these values automatically come through with um with one with our marketing two with um the reputation and the sort of and and and, and also repeat customers um but we did we did the little things like we produced a brochure um which i think is a little bit as rare for a small company company of our size so we, we hand those out um our tender packages are nicely presented um so we've got smart header paper you get a brochure in there it's all it's all set up clearly and it kind of it's just worded truthfully to sort of represent the fact that we are looking we're trying to look after our customers um the most important thing is building that relationship and what we try and do at tender stage is try and build a relationship there and then so if we're we're submitting a price for an architect um try and assist on having a uh, an interview with the with the client um i find that always helps because if you if you if you generally feel you've got more to offer than the next the next guy then um it, it'll shine through when you're when you're when you're talking to people and i think the enthusiasm as well if you just if you are if you generally love what you're what you're doing it, it'll just it'll just come out with with, with whatever you're doing um particularly with conversations with them but um i'd say there's no one thing um i think ultimately people are still going to choose with with a budget in mind um that's not to say that price is going to be hugely different but obviously we're dealing generally dealing with tens of thousands of pounds so um it's not an easy decision but you can help them make that with 
with, with a good reputation and, uh, and, these, and the values. Because, I mean, if they say to you, well, we would love to work with you, but you're not the cheapest, what would your sort of typical response be? There's, there's several. Um, I'd often say, well, okay, how much more expensive? Because at the end of the day, the going rates for labour are pretty much, they're not that drastically different. The going rates, everyone can go and buy materials at a very similar price. Um, um, at the end of the sort of the pricing, your, your percentage isn't going to be much off each other, generally, um, unless, unless you're pricing high. If, if everyone is cheaper than you, I would say, let me speak, try and get in front of the client and try and justify where your money's going. And if everyone's drastically cheaper, we'll say, well, I'd, I'd say there's something up there because this culture of pricing in low uh, to win the job and then hitting the client with lots of extras because I see it we've we've been we've we have lost jobs in the past because being most expensive and I've had phone calls saying from clients saying oh we wish you we'd gone with you because the nut the price has gone up to 20 grand more than your original price and I said well it's the risk and that's the risk that the client takes and there's no and there's not enough information out there for a client so if you can get in front of them and explain this is this is what we're offering this is where the areas that we see that you're at risk the specification by the architect is not comprehensive enough to be able to cover you then they need to be aware of that and if you think you can have a conversation and get 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 to the next conversation to a point where they instruct you it's just you've got to make it clear for them because it isn't straightforward i think when i first started sort of you know working with people and working with the values and coaching people and stuff i think the penny really dropped for me because it was like getting people to really value themselves as a company and value what they're about um, and really getting their sort of passion and their personality across so that other people want to work with them and, and value them. And I think that's something that you've done really well. You know, I think the essence of what you're about does definitely come through. And I think that's definitely something that the industry needs to, to look at and take on board because I think, I think people have been so ground down by, you know, the way things are, by the fact that, you know, it's always about the lowest price. And, you know, like a client, one of my clients, we were talking about this the other day, and you can sort of get ground down by it. It is about finding a way of really kind of tapping into like who you are as a business and, and where you're going and how you really kind of get that across to clients so that they want to work with you, even if you're not the you know they're not the lowest yeah um i think if you're passionate about what you do that will that's very easy um obviously it's i think we're glamorizing a lot of it as well in on a daily because i think there's no doubt about it this is a very stressful industry to work in um the, it's notorious for the amount of the variables that can go wrong on a project are a huge there's there's no kind of there's no limit to the lessons that you'll, you'll keep learning as you go um so i think that the passion the, either if you're not if you're in this industry you know you haven't got any passion for it then you must be insane because it's <laughs> a, a difficult thing to do um but if you have got the passion then it should just it should come through naturally and and the good thing about it as well is once you've depending on it doesn't matter how big your company is i think if you're if you've got passionate people at the top and then passionate people coming through it just attracts people to your business um that could be staff but it also be clients i mean it's, it's going to come through automatically in the way you present yourself. Your signage is going to be better, more sort of more eloquently written, more interesting, more eye-catching. Um, you're not just going to put a 
plain white van on the road, you're going to try and do something that's going to stand out from other people. Because at the most, you, you, you just got to get, you got to be noticed. And if you're early, at your early stage of your business, then those are the kind of things that you kind of put a little bit of money every side for every time, every job to kind of, to boost that side of it. And marketing doesn't have to be sticking, sticking adverts in magazines and things. It is, it could be a sign written van is possibly the most powerful local tool for getting your, your name out there. So what's next then? What, what's next um, with that little building company? We are, we're almost finding that the company's kind of sort of going in two different directions. So we've got, we've got our, our contracting side, which is um, the private clients. Um, they come through architects or they approach us direct. Um, so we have a good relationship with, with a few architects. And so we get consistent work through them. And then the other side is for the, the house building side. So, our bespoke development so the idea being that we'll be able to market and sell our own property um which is going to be not not quite aspirational living sort of super super high end but it'll certainly be very good quality uh and with a little bit more of a interesting sort of twist to the buildings i mean i can't stand square boxes new boxes i think they there's there's thousands of those going up locally we're looking at smaller one two three four bed developments that we can market straight away and sell sell so i think that's that's the next step for us um it's kind of been we focus heavily on all the customer service and things which is great we've got that um but if you again once you get to the next stage that will be that will be developing we'll, we'll have less customers but i think we'll we'll be end user so we'll, we'll our customer will be turning up to buy the house rather than telling us exactly what they want all the way through yes <laughs> sounds good okay <laughs> yeah that is very true well, thank you so much for um, for sharing your um, experience and, and everything with us today. I think there's been some real gems in that conversation that people can take away. I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Jamie. I particularly loved that I got to reference one of my favourite films, which is Final Tap. Working with Jamie really proved that even if you were a small company, the impact that tapping into your values and living them every day can be big. How you present yourself is so important and how you get your value across to the client can make all of the difference. If you're a leader in your company, are you living your values on a daily basis? If you're an employee, are the values just words on a poster or do they actually mean something? If you want me to help you grow a values-driven, more profitable business, get in touch. Maria at constructioncoach.co.uk Next week, I'm answering a question I asked myself at 3am in the morning recently, and that was, do men journal? I journal, personally, um, I do some meditation every morning and write in my journal afterwards as well, and it just helps me so much. And I just wondered, do men journal? And that got me Googling that specific question, which brought me to a Guardian interview with Ollie Applin, so Ollie Applin used journaling to help him recover from a personal tragedy and get the feelings out on paper that he couldn't talk about. And that led him to produce the Mind Journal. Mental health is a big challenge in our industry and I'm looking forward to talking to Ollie to find out how journaling could help. See you next time. <laughs>